Chapter Fourteen of the Pony Rider Boys in the Grand Canyon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Pony Rider Boys in the Grand Canyon by Frank G. Patchen. Chapter Fourteen The Dogs Pick Up a Trail. The man in charge of the pack train having deserted them before the travelers got back from the rim Dad picked up a half-breed whom the boys named Chow because he was always chewing if not food Chow was forever munching on a leaf or a twig or a stick his jaws were ever at work until the boys were working their own jaws out of pure sympathy The march was taken up to Bass Trail which they reached about noon of the second day and started down no unusual incident occurred during this journey they found the trail in good condition and though steep and precipitous in places it gave the pony rider boys no worry after having experienced the perils of the other trail this one seemed tame from the bass trail they worked their way down and across into bright angel gulch where they made camp and awaited the arrival of chow and the mules with their tents and provisions chow arrived late the same day Tents were pitched and settled and it was decided for the present to make this point their base of supplies When on short journeys they would travel light carrying such equipment as was absolutely necessary and no more This gulch was far from the beaten track of the ordinary explorer a vast but attractive gash in the plateau In spots there was verdure and where the watercourses reached in stretches of grass with here and there patches of gramma grass greasewood and creosote plants with a profusion of flowers mostly red in harmony with the prevailing color of the rocks that towered high above them at this point the walls of the canyon reached nearly seven thousand feet up into the air down there on the levels the sun glared fiercely at midday but along toward night refreshing breezes drifted through the canyon making the evenings cool and delightful but there were drawbacks there were snakes and insects in this almost tropical lower land the boys were not greatly disturbed over these things by this time they were pretty familiar with insects and reptiles for it will be remembered that they had spent much time in the wilder places of their native country for the first 24 hours of their stay in camp butler as they had named their base in honor of tad himself they did little more than make short excursions out into the adjoining canyons the professor embraced the opportunity to indulge in some scientific researches into the geology of the canyon on which in the evening he was wont to dwell at length in language that none of the boys understood but they listened patiently for they were very fond of this grizzled old traveler who had now been their companion for so long the third night the dogs appeared restless they lay at the end of their leashes growling and whipping their tails angrily What's the matter with the dogs demanded Tad Butler? I think they must have fleas decided chunky wisely No, it isn't fleas said dad who'd been observing them for the past few minutes It's my opinion that there's game hereabouts Deer questioned Ned no more likely. It's something that is after the deer Lions asked Tad I reckon have you seen any sign of them what you might call a sign Nance nodded I found up in Mystic Canyon this afternoon all that was left of a deer the lions had killed it and stripped all the best flesh from the deer 
so it's plain enough that the cats are hanging around i thought we'd come up with some of them down here wow for the king of beasts shouted chunky throwing up his sombrero nothing like a king retorted jim nance the mountain lion isn't in any class with african lions the lion hereabouts is only a part as big a king this mountain lion of ours you'd better call the beast a dirty savage and be satisfied with that but we're going to go after some of them aren't we asked ned surely nodded nance when pressed walter is it safe the more prudent professor zeppelin wanted to know safe repeated jim nance well when it comes to that nothing down in this country can be called exactly safe all sorts of trouble can be had around here for the asking but i reckon that these young gentlemen will know pretty well how to keep themselves reasonably safe all except mr brown who'll bear some watching even long after they turned in that night the boys kept on talking about the coming hunts of the next few days they fairly dreamed lions in the morning the hunt was the first thing they thought of as they ran to wash up for breakfast in the near distance could be heard the baying of hounds for dad's dogs were no longer chained up i let the dogs loose nance explained noting the eager questioning glances the dogs have got track of something hustle your breakfasts we'll get away with speed breakfast was disposed of in a hurry that morning then the boys hustled to get ready for the day's sport when a few minutes later they set off on their ponies with rifles thrust in saddle boots revolvers bristling from their belts ropes looped over the pommels of their saddles the pony rider boys presented quite a warlike appearance if you were half as fierce as you look i'd run declared dad with a grin which way do we go questioned the professor we'll all hike up into the mystic canyon there we'll spread out each man for himself one of us can't help but fall to the trail of a beast if he's careful after reaching the mystic they heard the dogs in a canyon some distance away ned and walter were sent off to the left tad to the north while the rest remained in the mystic canyon to wait there where the chase should lead at some time during the day three shots are a signal to come in or to come to the fellow who shoots announced the guide look out for yourselves silence soon settled down over mystic canyon chunky was disappointed that he had not been assigned to go out with one of his companions he found time hanging heavily on his hands with nance and the professor but he uttered no complaint the professor and guide had dismounted from their ponies and were seated on the rock busily engaged in conversation chunky after glancing at them narrowly shouldered his rifle and strolled off leaving his pony tethered to a sapling he walked further than he had intended making his way to a rise of ground about a quarter of a mile away with the hope that he might catch a glimpse of some of his companions once on the rise which was quite heavily wooded he seemed to hear the hounds much more plainly than before it seemed to stacy that they were approaching from the other side opposite to that which the rest were watching he glanced down into the canyon but could see neither of the two older men most exciting chase i've ever been in muttered the fat boy in disgust throwing himself down on the ground with rifle across his knees lions i don't believe there are any lions in the whole country dad's been having dreams in my private opinion that dad's got an imagination that works overtime once in a while i think the words died on the fat boy's lips his eyes grew wide the pupils narrowed the whites giving the appearance of small inverted saucers 
Stacy scarcely breathed. There, slinking across an open space on the rise, its tail swishing, its ears laid flat on its cruel cat-like head, was a tawny, lithe creature. Stacy Brown recognized the object at once. It was a mountain lion, a large one. It seemed to Chunky that he never had seen a beast as large in all his life. The lion was alternately listening to the baying of the hounds and peering about for a suitable tree in which to hide itself. Stacy acted like a man in a trance. Without any clear idea as to what he was doing, he rose slowly to his feet, and at that instant the lion discovered him. It crouched down, its eyes like sparks of fire, scintillating and snapping. All at once Stacy threw his gun to his shoulder and pulled the trigger. At least he thought he did, but no report came. A yellow flash, a swish, and the beast had leaped clear of the rise and disappeared even more suddenly than he had come. What? gasped Chunky, and then he made a discovery. Chunky was holding the rifle by the barrel, with the muzzle against his shoulder, having aimed the butt at the crouching lion. Chunky had had a severe attack of buck fever. With a wild yell that woke the echoes and sent Jim Nance and Professor Zeppelin tearing through the bushes, Stacy dashed down the steep slope, forgetting to take his rifle with him in his hurried descent. He met the two men running toward him. What is it? What happened? shouted the professor. I saw him. I saw him, yelled Stacy, almost frantic with excitement. Nance grabbed the boy by the shoulder, shaking him roughly. Speak up. What did you see? I did it. Where? demanded Nance. Up there. Chunky's eyes were full of excitement. Why didn't you shoot him? I, I tried to, but the gun w wouldn't go off. I, I had the wrong end to. Dad relaxed his grip on the fat boy's arm and sat down heavily. Of all the tarnal idiots, of all... Professor, if we don't tie that boy to a tree, he'll be killing us all with his fool ways. Why, you baby, you ain't fit to carry a pop gun. By the way, where is your gun? I guess I lost it up there, stammered Stacy. Dad started for the top of the rise in long strides, Chunky gazing after him in a dazed sort of way. I guess I did make a fool of myself, didn't I, Professor? He mourned. I am inclined to think you did. Several different varieties of them, answered Professor Zeppelin in a tone of disgust. End of chapter 14